Golden Spiral Media presents Chester's Mill Gazette, an Under the Dome podcast. Hey, Dome Heads, it's time. Doug and Karen are ready to deliver the latest issue of Chester's Mill Gazette and share their thoughts on this week's episode of Under the Dome. Are you ready? Here are your hosts, Doug and Karen. Welcome and thanks once again for the second to last time for reading this issue of the Chester's Mill Gazette. I'm I'm hidden camera photographer Doug Payton, but I hide better than Joe and Nori. Well, we'd hope so, wouldn't we? Well, that's that's why I get paid for. And I am hand first aid advisor Karen Lindsay. Everybody's always hurting their hand. Nails, <laughs> frozen domes. Yeah, exactly. This this series is all about the hands. Well, that's um, true. And we are hot off the presses with this issue for season two, episode twelve, turn. And I'm gonna use another word for second to last, and that would be penultimate. And that's our vocabulary word for the day. That's right. I'm ding ding. <laughs> That's right, kids. We've used these words in a sentence. The penultimate episode. (laughs) For our masthead, I'd like to let you know that we are published by Golden Spiral Media. That's right. GoldenSpiralMedia.com slash dome for all our back issues and our current issues, too. Uh, You can subscribe in iTunes to any GSM podcast. And GSM is our way of saying Golden Spiral Media without having to say all of that. You go to Golden... As if you just did. As if they just did. Well, but the last time in our penultimate episode. Okay. Go to goldenspiralmedia.com. You can't shorten that. No. Slash iTunes and poof, you'll see a bunch of things there. It's fantastic. Um, if you're interested in buying the book under the dome with a season one or season two DVDs in Amazon or anything else, um, you can click on a link at, uh, on the page at goldenspiralmedia.com slash dome. And a portion of your purchase, just a smidgen of it, will go to support the podcast. You pay the same price. No big deal. And if you're interested in supporting Golden Spiral Media and this podcast on a continuing basis, you can go to our Patreon link. And depending on the level you choose of of, uh, donations, you will get some really killer bonuses. They are very nice. We've, uh, if you go there, and I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I went over them, but, uh, go take a look at them. You can get your, you can get a, a shout out on one of our podcasts or even get to, you know, co-host on one of them. It'd be pretty cool. Or a mug or a t-shirt. Yes, 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 yes. Still jealous. <laughs> the writers for this episode were William Kendall. And as I, best I can tell, it's the first time he's done that this season. And Daniel Truly, who wrote Awakenings. That was the episode number eight. And that was the one that ended with the infamous don't jump message on the dome. The director was Peter Leto. He did Force Majeure as well. That was episode three with the Red Rain. Remember that one? Seems like a long time ago. Red rain is falling down, falling down. Sorry. Thank you. And don't jump on Penny's boat. (laughs) <laughs> was the Daniel Truly episode, right? Uh, yes, yeah, don't jump onto Penny's boat. It's not Penny's <laughs> boat. <laughs> All right, let's get to some news here. We have some hot off the presses, as we said. All righty, here we go. We had some very interesting ratings news this week. I liked it. it did. It's very strange, but good. 
Um, from Hit Picks, CBS was second overall for the night thanks to a rising installment of Under the Dome, while the USA versus the World special episode of A-N-W. Ninja Warrior <laughs> carried NBC to a third among young viewers. So at 10 p.m., a repeat of Castle led the 10 p.m. hour overall to ABC with 7.01 million viewers, but finished third with a 1.1 key demo rating. CBS's Under the Dome rose to 6.97 million viewers. So which not is, that much different there. No, very close behind, and a 1.6 rating among adults 18 to 49, both good for second. <clears throat> and um, I have to say... The repeat of Castle is the season finale from last season. Uh, as you're pitching you up, yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's it was a huge finale ending in a fiery car crash. And um, next week, a lot, week is a lot the of premiere, Castle so. finales end in fire, don't they? Yeah, there was a, well, there they, was an apartment, if I recall. I don't watch it. You <laughs> well, know, that a whole wasn't lot. a finale, but yeah, oh, okay. there's a lot of explosions and things like that. Um, and. Uh, they're ramping up. It was a huge cliffhanger, and um, next season is the premiere, so I'm guessing that's why we had a lot of tune-ins for that. Um, so that's why it got um, a 7.01 million, even for a rerun. But again, their demo is usually slightly lower than other shows. It has a, an older audience. So um, it got second place in the... Um, millions of viewers but it uh won in the overall la 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 <laughs> 1.6 rating <laughs> um nbc's american ninja warrior special was third with the 5.77 million viewers but it won the hour in the key demo with a 2.1 wow yes in the special episode and this is what i told you last week is that it was the season finale last week, but it had this special episode, and that was my warning was, hey, it's got a special episode, even though this is the finale. And I was oh, yeah, like, but yeah. We still, we still went up to... Uh, it's, it's no, we of, went up. I was yeah. very happy about it. 1. And it's 6. almost a season a season high. Well, we've had one eight, I think, before, one nine, but mm, this is yeah. in the upper, upper echelon. Yep. It was a very good rating. It rose 0.2. So from, what was it, last week, one point. 1.5 somewhere in there anyway it, it raised quite a bit and uh i think we got another point two million viewers so sounds good yeah that was good and then tv by the numbers it gave us a big note there which hitfix did not give us um abc was preempted in indianapolis for local nfl coverage and as a result ratings for abc are likely inflated now, I don't know how big Indianapolis is to be truthful. Um, I know it's a, it's a huge market, but I, I honestly don't know how whether it compares to others. Yeah. And whether that's stretched into 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Um, I do know that Dancing with the Stars was also on, and that's usually a huge lead in for Castle. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Um, I, I also do a castle podcast. I'm not plugging that, but that's one of the things we talk about you just over did. there. <laughs> no, I'm not going to give the name or anything, but that's one of the things we talk about over there is that one of the big factors in the ratings for castle is 
Dancing with the Stars. And since it premiered last week, that was probably part of why it got some ratings as well. So, uh, I, you know, every week there's some caveat, like I said. Um, so on NBC, a three-hour, it was a three-hour wow. American. Who watches Ninja. that for three hours? I guess Who watches it, period? <laughs> Five million people at least. I know. So American Ninja Warrior, USA versus the world, notched 1.8 adults, 18 to 49, even with last week's two-hour American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> On CBS, Under the Dome earned a 1.6, up 14%. From last week's 1.4. I know, right? I'm loving it. Um, so at 10 p.m., CBS Under the Dome got a 1.6 with a five share, 6.97 million. ABC Castle, which was a repeat, got a 1.1 three share with 7.01 million viewers. And ANW, not A and W. Not the repeat. No, ANW from 11, 8 to 11 p.m. on NBC got a 1.85 share with 5.16 million. Alrighty, so we're kind of ramping up for the uh, finale here. Hope we're going to get some uh, some big numbers. We shall see. I, Although it seems to be fairly steady. I haven't heard any rumors about um, renewal for next year. No, me either. And now I have to say... Knowing what I know about next week, next week is premiere week. And at 10 p.m., we're going to have some really stiff competition. It's going to be under the dome, and it's going to be the premiere of Castle, and I think it's also the premiere of The Blacklist. Yeah, I'm going to have to make it. No, I have to watch Under the Dome, don't I? And I'm, yeah, well, I don't know. (laughs) See, and I have, I do two other podcasts one of them for golden spiral media and one of them on my own one of them is for castle and the other one is for sleepy hollow and they're both on at 10 p.m on monday oh man alive so literally the three podcasts i will be doing next week are all for a show at 10 p.m well at least for this one this next week will be your last one correct um so yeah and i also watch the blacklist so i have a lot of conflicting emotions for Set Monday that night. DVR. Yeah, I, at least my DVR can do two shows at once. But yeah, I, it's going to be some really tough tough competition. It's going to shake out very inter- interestingly. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what we wind up with uh, as far as numbers next week. But, uh, oh. but I have a feeling people will DVR some of the other stuff and be... Well, okay, let me say this. I'm hoping... People are going to DVR the other stuff and and watch the finale of Under the Dome live. You know, the other things are just ramping up. This one's uh-huh. hitting its peak, supposedly, uh, yeah. hopefully. Well, with the fiery car crash. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You put Under mm-hmm. the Dome up against a fiery car crash. This yeah, I think we're going to get... Here's my prediction. I think Castle's going to get live viewers. I think the Blacklist is going to get plus seven viewers. I think Sleepy Hollow is going to get live viewers. And I think Under the Dome's going to get live viewers. So we'll see how that splits up. Alrighty. That's just my prediction. Alrighty, you're on, uh, you're on the hook for that one. Yep. Okie dokie, let's get to our front page now. Melanie's malady makes manic amidst mounting malaise. That's our headline this week. A magnificent headline. <laughs> 
And we, and we merged our melons <laughs> together to make that oh, alliteration. It was amazing. For for this episode, I gave this a seven point five drippy paintings. Yeah. I I, I the, the the plot. I'm this is this is the penultimate episode. As we said, <laughs> it's just not moving along as much now as it was in the middle of the season. You know, kind of mm-hmm. the end of the season is where you'd expect this really to be really the snowball is getting bigger kind of thing. Yeah, not so much here. We did I we did get this thing about realizing that. Uh, Barbie's dad isn't really the one pulling the strings that Malik actually uh, answers to somebody else. And the new portal that uh, Melanie seems to have created or the dome has or the hands did or something. So we had some very interesting things going on there. But I gave it. So for for a penultimate episode, I was expecting a little more. So I'm giving it 7.5. How about you? Yeah, I vacillated between 7.5 and 8. So I split the difference, and I know I, this is cheating a bit, but <laughs> I gave it 7.75 father-stopping military agents. And yeah, I feel about the same way you do. I feel like they're almost introducing some more issues. Mm. <laughs> and um, I mean, they dragged Melanie off into a pit <laughs> in the penultimate episode. <laughs> um but they are moving it along. Um, there were some things that rubbed me the wrong way and some things that I tilted my head at, like the RCA dog. <laughs> um, and again, that's dating me, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that, but yeah. listening to a Victrola, you betcha. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> a Victrola, that's terrible. I'm not that old. <laughs> but... <laughs> that is before our time, yes. Well, the Victrola is, but the logo. But the logo isn't. Um, yeah, so I give it a 7.75. Alrighty. I think it's the first time I've been below you. You've yeah, always, I think you've, so too. I've always given it little higher ratings, uh, but, uh, this time, yeah. Can we just call it that we're kind of even? We're kind of even. In this one? Yeah. I think we are. Well, the A, in the A section of the paper, we have the contracting dome. No, it's not that we've contracted it out to, you know, you know, build the town, rebuild it and all over again. This is the one where it's shrinking. And okay, now you and I talked on Twitter on Monday night while it was on, mm-hmm, and I tweaking. showed you the screenshot. Yes, and I found the screenshot again on um, elsewhere. I didn't make it the. If you go to the under uh, goldenspiralmedia.com slash dome, where we have all our issues back there, there's you know a little featured image at the top of each one. I did not use that as the. Uh, I wanted to. I was thinking about using that as the image there, but uh, I didn't because. Uh, Rebecca had a weird look in her face. You know, there's a site that takes screenshots at various points in time, and you can get some really funny-looking facial expressions that way. <laughs> but, yes, she shows us on her little tablet there, and there's this dome, you know, this sphere, in, in, and there's the land, and it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. But as it's getting smaller, the sphere that it was, you know, taking up before, it's still in the middle of it. So it's like hovering over it's the dirt that it used to displace. Now, and last week we discussed this, like nerds that we are, and we discussed how it was going to contract in the space, whether it was going to tilt or whether it was going to sit in the bottom of it. Right. Um, And of course, all they did is show it contracting equally on all sides and floating in the hole. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I say floating like that in order to make it sound absurd. Well, it's a dome. It can do all kinds of weird things. Maybe it's going to fly uh, away. Okay, yeah, but she was insisting all through this episode how science is science is science. Oh, yes. The, the woman of science versus the woman of faith. We'll get to and that And then she later shows too, them yeah. a picture of the dome floating in the middle of the hole. Yeah, Dummy. how do you explain that with quantum mechanics or whatever? Dummy. <laughs> yeah, so I was... I don't know. So Julie is grabbing her pictures from um, kind of her old life is, is, is the the vibe I got from that. Wasn't that sad? And that was just a couple of weeks ago, as, uh, you know, Barbie keeps telling us at the beginning of the episodes. He was your husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's got Pauline's journal, so she's bringing that along. How and did she get Pauline's journal? I, you know, I was trying to think about that because who got it last? I thought... You know, of course, I thought it was Lyle Junior. stole it, then I thought Junior had it. Or Sam. Yeah, and how, unless somebody was in her home and had it and set it on the coffee table, I don't know. D wait, did Lyle leave it on the precipice? Ah, yes, yes, yes. They found it in and the. And then uh, they took it. That's and right. They found it inside the uh, caves there before he. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's right. So okay. then they just brought it to her, brought her, house. To her house. Okay. Okay. All right. And then we have. You know, like we were talking about the man, the woman of science, woman of faith. Rebecca is just not buying the whole, you know, Julia communicating with the dome thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, because and I'm I can understand her point, number one, from a, you know, from a science -y point of view. But really, what has the dome really done in response to what Julia has said? You know, they, they keep getting these. Well, the dome must want this or the dome is asking that or the dome chose me. Or, How do we know? You know, there's not really a. Other than some of those uh, apparitions from last season, and some of them were just, you know, spouting, uh, you know, code words or whatever. But I, I just, we just have, and that's one of the things I have really been hoping that we would get more of. We got a little bit of Dodie of that talking to, you know, an apparition of Dodie talking to Big Jim at the beginning of the season, but not a whole lot of it. Not a whole lot of real communication with whoever's dealing with it. just... Red rain coming out of the sky and cold and, you know, contraction. And what's the purpose of this? I mean, I'm, I was hoping for a little more payoff this season. I haven't really got it. Yeah. Well, the thing that I w was almost shouting at the TV at Rebecca was, there's a dome around your town. <laughs> Where's the science in that? You're not open to possibilities at all. That something yeah. weird is happening. That doesn't happen every day. Yeah, she. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it could be science, but and yeah, there could also be science happening inside of it. I get that, but your mind has to be open to the possibility that something out of the ordinary had to happen to cause this dome to come out of nowhere. That is not sciency. And uh, some of the rules just get. Thrown out the window. Yeah. So how is she explaining that? Yeah. Nobody's asked that question. Right. Well, I'm sure someone has, but she's not really. She's <laughs> glossing over that in order to say science, science, science. Science, science, science. So, yeah. Uh, Hunter finally fesses up. And well. Not finally. It was pretty, it was pretty, uh, he was, you know, caught in the act, but he does have a good, I thought he had a good explanation. Yeah. But the, you know, the kids drag him over to Barbie and. And they don't really explain what's going on until 
they allow Barbie to overreact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barbie's, you don't get to talk. Yeah, which brings us to... And now, the Barbie of the Week. Belligerent Barbie, it won't let your other toys talk. Comes with accusatory finger action and a miniature Ruger for threatening them. This has been the Barbie of the Week. He was peeved. He was. To put it one way. Yeah. It was very pointy. <laughs> Little pointy accusatory finger. You don't. You know what it reminds me of? You can't if handle the talk. No, wait a minute. <laughs> if, we're gonna, if we're going to talk about like accusatory finger action, I had, okay, here's my geek coming out again. I had Star Wars figures, like most kids my age that were geekeries. <laughs> and they had um, like the Luke and Leia, no, Luke and Darth Vader figurines had um lightsabers in their hands and you could hold this little button and it would you know contract and and come out oh the light uh, the, the the little plastic for the beam. yes for the uh, lightsaber beam and i can imagine like under his hand he would have this little tab and you could poke it out and his finger would <laughs> come out and then you could you, you know pull it back in. <laughs> yeah so Let's just assume there's a little finger tab. Yeah, it's a little something in there, like the the kung fu grip, you know. Right underneath his fist, and you poke it out, and a finger comes out, and he can it can lock into place, and then he can poke the other toys in their chest and say, "You don't get to talk." (laughs) The other the other Barbie dolls, and you know the right, (laughs) and he has stubble. Of course. Well, he's got point. to. He's got to. Yeah, and he comes. It comes to the razor that will shave it right down to the right length. <laughs> That's right. We got. Well, first of all, you know, Barbie drags Hunter off, and I think he's got. You know, we see he's going to have plans for him later on. But uh, but we see Ben. Haven't seen him in a while, and <sighs> I'm we so really sad about this. We really didn't see much of him this time. Why did they bring him back just to make him into a surly teenager? I mean, he was, I mean, when the dome first came down, he was very, hey, let's let's have some fun with it. Let's, you know, skateboard on it. Let's, uh, you know, draw doors on it. And I guess uh, after a couple of weeks, though, I can kind of knock down your optimism. Okay. Yeah, I get that. But I don't know. I, I just, I loved Ben and I wanted him to come back and I didn't need for him to be stoner Ben, who was awesome and cool and you know but i don't like this everything's bad Ben. <laughs> you know <laughs> i just i wanted him to be the ben i love that's all and it was like a 30 second 60 second thing and it really didn't unless the point was to show that you've got you have a happy teenager you saw last season and he has come to this now maybe that was the point mm-hmm. i don't know like maybe. You know, just a quick a quick look. You've seen some of the other townsfolk and whatnot, but I haven't seen Ben. And now that we do, we see he's not at all like he was before. So maybe that was the intention. I know. I just maybe. I, I wanted him to be a little happier at yeah. least. But where's my Ben? At least we got to see him, though. I, I like nice. the actor, yes. and he's very cool. He get to draw a paycheck for one more episode. That's right. Maybe they were reminding us of him, so he because he's back in the next episode. Ooh. Yep, that's true. Then good old Jim is trying to, I guess he's trying to coax Pauline's 
you know, special superpower back up is, you know, here, you know, try to get to try to do some more or, you know, just whatever it is you do, do it. And it sounds like something she can turn on and off like a like a light switch. Yeah. I love your use of the word coax. <laughs> he he pretty much brought her in against her will. I mean, she wasn't struggling, but and set her in front of the the canvas. canvas. Yeah. And I mean, it's almost like, you know, when you put a kid in the corner with the dunce cap on and <laughs> he put mm-hmm. her in front of the canvas and and paint. you know, put put the thing in her hand and said paint, paint, paint. paint. I mean, and even at one point he he Forced her hand to paint. Yeah, and, th- uh, not exactly. Yeah, I don't think he quite gets the uh, how this uh, superpower yeah. works. It, although it ended up that she started painting, I think that it just happened to coincide with them convincing Dawn to bring the egg. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the fact that that Big Jim coaxed her to do it didn't have anything to do with her painting i think it just happened to come at the right time because everything seemed to get better as soon as don decided he was going to help them yeah yeah melanie got better she uh, you know pauline could paint all this stuff started turning the corner so i just i think it was a coincidence that that's when she could start painting again now we'll get a little bit we'll get the rest of this uh story in the b section yep but i did want to mention here because big jim is still very jealous of lyle and you'd think after all this time that would be pretty much it now i can i you know i understand that he is upset that she did not trust him she trusted lyle okay but that doesn't mean she's all of a sudden going to go off and, you know, get a divorce and marry Lyle Chumway. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Lyle, but he's still yeah. very, very jealous. From a, I mean, might as, well, might as well be 1988 for crying out loud. Yeah, but um, there's good reason for that, as we <laughs> will discuss later. Well, but at that point. <laughs> yeah, foreshadowing. <laughs> that's all. Um, and I think that he's jealous not because of what Pauline did, but because of how Lyle was acting. How we talked about her, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So he was just kind of mentioning it to Pauline in order to maybe warn her that Lyle was talking about her like that. I mean, that's that mm-hmm. was my take on it, to say, well, you know, I know you trust him, but... I think he has designs on you. And if you have designs back, then I'm going to be pretty peeved at you. That's to use your word. Yes. Right. Peeved. Yes. He's peeved. peeved. Yeah. Well, Barbie takes Hunter hostage. I don't well, think he was really, uh, I don't think he really would have killed him or anything like that. I think it was just a, something to get the army guys, Malik's attention. Right. And, you know, bring me, bring well, me my dad or the, uh, he the knew flunky the story. He yes. knew the story that that Hunter was working with them, mm-hmm. but Malik didn't. So he was showing Malik that he knew Hunter was working for them. I mean, that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, I've and Hunter, got your guy. Hunter played the great hostage too, because I don't think he really quite understood if yeah. Barbie was going to, you know, knock him off or not. <laughs> right. 
I think he was very worried to the point that he, he perhaps needed a Depends undergarment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, he, he looked pretty scared. At the at the first when they first went to the scene, though, it didn't look to me like the dome was had contracted at that spot. I mean, I saw it later. They had the little extended walkway, but they didn't have that. For, correct me no, if I'm wrong. No, not the here. first time. Yeah. They were talking about it stopping and starting, though. Yeah, but I mean, it looked like there was no, no. nothing there. I don't know. I'm just, I, 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 that's what I wrote in my notes. It wasn't and, there wasn't a huge gap. No. No. Later on, of course, then we've got the extended. Uh, they must have. Uh, Recorded that scene before the dome started drinking. <laughs> you know, you gotta, yeah, you've that's gotta, it. You've because gotta, in real life, there is a huge gap that just stayed the same. Well, the thing is, you've got to shoot, have your shooting schedule um, uh, con- uh, coinciding with what the dome is going to do. Oh, well, the dome's contracting today. Okay, we got to shoot the dome contracting uh, shots. Okay. Well, but that's not in the same place. Uh, well, I, there were trees there. Yeah, but the whole thing is is shrinking and floating, like you know, Rebecca said. Yeah, but it's not. It's not a real dome, Doug. <laughs> they just have that there in different places. They have uh, a little. <laughs> they have a dome area in several different places. Really, it's in, not. There's not really like a like a big huge South dome Carolina? that they set it up so that they could you know. No. They no. do not put a real dome around a town, Doug. That'd be cool. <laughs> well, yeah, it would be yeah. cool. I have always thought that would be a really nice way to control the weather. Well, I, you don't want to just don't, you know, set the dome spinning because that'll get cold. No, I don't want it to be a sphere. I want it to be a dome. Oh, oh, okay. That's uh, under the dome is not a dome. It is a sphere. Well, you see, then that's the thing. It's a little bit of a little bit of uh, false advertising because it's, it's really not under the dome, but inside the sphere. Right. All right. Now that we get that cleared up, that's right. Don Stephen Barbara King. Yeah. Pointedly Don, well, and, saying uh, Stephen King. The question yes. <laughs> With the pointy finger action, accusatory. Hey, and I'm pointing my finger. <laughs> You're out there. You know who you, you know who you are. <laughs> See, <you> um, <laughs> uh, Don Barber finally does show up. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice to see the boy. You know. Yep, in his natty suit. That's right. He looked very nice. And he he says he can't get the egg. We it's probably he won't get the egg. Because uh, hey, that's the whole point. He wanted to get the egg. Sorry, mm-hmm. buddy. Thank you. Um, but he, but uh, we show Don the video log mm-hmm. that no- Joe and Nori and Melanie did that shows that Melanie is in fact alive. He recognizes her hand. It's like, oh. And Justina will say later in a feedback, and I hadn't thought about this before. But it's like, son, I am not going to give you the egg. Oh, Melanie's there. Sure, we'll get it to you. Yeah. No favoritism there. Okay, and also, he capitulates pretty quickly. Not just that, but not just because it's his daughter, but well, his daughter. And and to be fair, his daughter, who has been who's died early and has been dead for twenty five years, and looks exactly the same that she did twenty five exactly. years ago, which doesn't really raise a bunch of questions in his mind. No, I mean he can he. It's not like uh, Joe has got mad Photoshop video skills to get her in there but uh, right. i mean it's it's kind of hard to you may not so understand they, it but they show the she's vlog there. 
right? They show the vlog and he doesn't even question it. He doesn't say, okay, but that could have been taken 25 years ago because she looks 25 years younger. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's, he's, he's very, he's very, uh, interested in making that or having, wanting that to be true, I guess. He just goes, okay. All right, here we go. I will get it I guess it for she's you. there, and she looks exactly like she did back then. Okay, good. Here's the egg. <laughs> I'm going to get it for you. And I'm not going to question it. As but... he does that, though, you know, Barbie tells him about the, you know, the red door, hit it, and then the dome stops shrinking. Yep. So this whole talking to the dome, I guess kind of, or at least not talking to it, but talking within the vicinity of it, it certainly seems to be able to hear what's going on. It's a mm-hmm. big microphone. See, I don't think it matters where you talk. No. I think it hears all. It'd be the perfect microphone for a podcast. <gasps> Can you imagine? You could just talk anywhere. Although, I don't think I'd enjoy that very much because there are things that I say in my home that I would not appreciate the dome hearing. Recording, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, thank you. Fair enough. Pass. Um... You know, it's interesting, and and I, I was wondering about this too. And you had mentioned uh, this uh, in the notes as well. Joe was thinking was in the police station, and he opened a drawer, and they're getting ready to go and try to find out what's going on and sneak around with uh, with Barbie. And he sees a gun in the uh, in the drawer. And it's not even loaded, right? Thinking, Which is weird already, right? I'm going to bring this. And Nori's like, the police no, station. Yeah. No, 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 no. But, you know. You don't want to bring a gun. An unloaded gun. I mean, the, I guess the, the, you know, and one of the problems, maybe she, but she didn't say it. It would have been helpful. You know, it's not so much that you don't have any bullets, but what if somebody else thinks you do and takes you out because they think it's right. loaded, you know, and that or makes me. sense. Yeah, or me. Or, or Nori, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, there's that. And then what was the point of that interchange? Is that something that's going to be brought up next week? Is that a literal um, Chekhov's Chekhov's gun gun for next week? Or I have to think so because it it just seems so out of place for that. And why were there so many bad batteries? It's been three weeks. Yeah. Okay. But okay. Don't you (laughs) charge? Don't you charge those? Well, did they like have charging uh, stations? Didn't they have? Uh, they only got like uh, one or two uh, generators running around, don't they? And one of them was at Joe's house. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'll, that I'll buy. But yeah, the gun I don't get. Listen, Why when you come they... through, the, when you come through the red door, bring some uh, some extra batteries. Thank you. Mm, mm. Yeah. Well, except <laughs> they weren't supposed to be there, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the gun. It was such a useless little minute of dialogue. You know that, uh, you know, the Joe from last season would never have picked up that gun. Never. He would have shut the drawer and that would have been the end of it. Now, I get that this season he's under a bit more pressure and, ooh, cool, a gun. Um, but he would have also thought through all the possibilities. If I aim a gun at someone, they might shoot back, whether it's loaded or not, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. Um, Nori is also, you know, collateral damage if something were to happen. And then it, what is the point of me having it? Uh, you know, 
who who was going to be pointing a gun at me? Who? Yeah, really, if they're trying to be stealthy. Right. Is is Barbie going to be pointing a gun at me? Because no. <laughs> and if somebody points a gun at me from outside the dome, so what? It, right. Who cares? I mean, we're we're not supposed to be seen. Right? I mean, if some if the army comes out of the lake, then we run. Yeah, you, you can't know, really do anything about that. Right. One gun isn't going to isn't going to do anything. So the only thing I can think is that that's going to come up next week because otherwise it was just useless. So that's my little... Well, here's um, hoping. Here's a little prediction that's my for nitpick. next week. Yes, indeed. Yeah. It's either a prediction or a nitpick. I wasn't sure where to put it. Depends on what happens next week. Yeah. So. And then Don goes back to get the egg and he picks it up and it stops glowing. Yeah. It's black. And, that, and as we thinking, know, that means that's what the egg wanted. Uh, oh, okay. Right? I guess so. Because, when, well, except when he picks it up, then uh, then Melanie starts feeling not so bad, or not so good either. Well, no, it means that it was neutralized so that he could carry it. Oh, okay. Uh, that makes sense. That's what happens. Like, when Julia picked it up, it turned black as well. Oh, I didn't remember It stopped that. making okay. noise. Alrighty. It stopped yes, glowing. Yes, yes. Yeah. All but, uh But Malik's there, and he's there to tell Don Barbara... <laughs> touch this it's apparently a a, a bigger uh don is apparently a maybe a middle manager in the whole scheme of things and malik is taking uh orders from a little higher up yeah i'm guessing the government yeah don was you know oh this is these are my guys who are in charge and uh, so i'm in you know they'll do what i say and whatnot but no then maybe there's uh maybe there's more at play than don even knows yeah, well, I mean, you find a glowing egg that might be a huge power source. I'm thinking the government would get involved. I don't think they're going to let a power company. <laughs> yeah, a power company get a hold of that. No, thank you. And we'll yeah. sell it to everybody. Well, let's uh, get to the B section here. Did you did you want the, the comics? No. no. I'll do the crossword puzzle. Oh, okay. All righty. After, after the show. Yeah, after. All right. Um, so... The B section is kind of Melanie and the egg. We do kind of merge in with the main storyline a little Which later. Came first? The Melanie or the egg? Well, the I think egg, Melanie did. Well, but the egg came from, yeah, but the Melanie was born first, but the egg was, I don't know. Um, so they do give Big Jim. I hadn't realized that he was completely unaware of Melanie's backstory, yeah. but he gets it and he's kind of like, what? Which So does that mean imagine. he wasn't born and and raised in Chester's Mill? That he wasn't part of that group? I has he seen her? He must have seen her. And if he I saw her, know. he would recognize her. Well, he wasn't dating Pauline back then. Uh, oh yeah. That was true, that true. was Lyle. So. Was it was Lyle dating her or was because she no, talked about seeing Jim at the football games and whatnot, and he was around. He played in, he played mm. football for for the Chester's Mill uh, oh. uh, eggs. They just didn't the Chester's Mill eggs. <laughs> the Chester's Mill water tower is coming out for quarterback is. So yeah, I guess he did go to high school. So my question is, where was he then? 
He just he didn't have an eye for Pauline uh, back then. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, that's true. His, that's, the group of four did not include uh, Big Jim. Yeah. So if if the egg is has now chosen Big Jim, why didn't it choose him back then? He was saving him for later. <laughs> saving him for marriage. Yes, indeedy. Poor poor Big Jim just can't get a break from his son. Yeah. Look at the mess you made. Or was that that was that? Yeah, that was a uh, junior. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Pauline. No, it was Junior. Yeah, he's just wow. And yeah. I don't, I don't think that. Uh, uh, I don't. I know that Big Jim doesn't appreciate that, but he's. I think he's trying to now fix it. I mean, if he's like, like yeah. many guys, it's like I got to fix this. You know, there's there's something wrong. I gotta, you know, I gotta do something to fix it. I'm gonna knock this egg off the cliff, and that's gonna help. That's gonna fix everything. Right. You know, he's looking for the short term, well, whatever. Whether he's doing it to give himself more power or whether he's doing it to make things right, who knows? He seems sincere. Seems. Seems. And with Big Jim, as we all know, it's always about intent. Yeah. What's what's under the skin. Yeah. Lyle is quoting Ecclesiastes to everything there is a season. I'm not sure exactly what... The point of that is, and now it, we also mentioned uh, last week in our spoiler section, uh, the name of the the episode is Turn, and we were talking about you know the bird's song to everything. Turn, turn, turn. There is a mm-hmm. season. You know they're they're quoting from the same place. Yeah, you know, time for this, a time for that, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, a time for peace. And, and it's and, odd that we quoted that. Yes, and right. we, we 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 nailed it. Yeah, we were prescient. And I am trying to figure out, I'm, because I, I don't think we will find anything new out next week. What season? What the? What is it? The time for uh, that Lyle is maybe thinking of. I was thinking perhaps maybe it's his time for Pauline, you know, or something like that, uh, because he he says at one point, "I'll follow you anywhere, Pauline." Like he's got a shot now, you know. Mm, well. A time to die, a time was to kill. A time, yeah, that's true. That's true. Time to live, time to die. He had that vision of uh, the fire we talked about last week, and mm-hmm. I said it sounded a little bit like a, a hell vibe to me, and sure enough, that's what he thought, too. I thought yep. I, I figured he would... Uh, there may be some other reason for it, but that would be the first thing that came to Lyle's mind. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, it's, it's, you know, Lyle is, is getting all, you know, biblically epic on us here. And there's all go unto one place, all are of the dust, and all turn to dust again mm-hmm. later on. So it's, yeah, it's, I guess he is, maybe this is kind of foreshadowing his own death yeah. at, at the end of the episode. And him killing yes. or trying mm-hmm. to. Trying to. Um, someone else. Mel wakes up, so she's getting better. <gasps> She was she was doing worse. Now she's doing better. She's mm-hmm. taking a turn for the better, so to That's speak. That's right. And um, there's Lyle wanting to nurture Pauline's gifts, and I think in doing that, I think that's kind of what uh, gets Jim to urge her on. You know, no, no, no. right. We're not don't want to. Yeah, uh, don't want Lyle nurturing. Nothing. If if what if you're seeing something in Lyle, and Lyle, that's what Lyle wants to do. That's what I'll do. I yep. will do that instead. Yep. And he, so he's, uh, so, but Lyle is trying to interpret the drawings, you know, he's got the, 
Junior's got the journal with him. Can yeah. we figure out what these mean? And and there's one where he sees that he has interpreted, and I think this is the key here, that it's his interpretation, about he and Pauline going to heaven. Right. As if they're both dead. And he, as we see at the end, seems to be trying to uh, bring that prophecy, whether or not that's what it really means, but bring, bring that prophecy to fruition. Mm-hmm. May I ask you a question? You may ask me a question. As a man of the Bible, um, do you consider yourself that? I, 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 I can. Yes, we can do that. Okay, I'm, I'm no pastor. I'll say that. Well, no, I, I didn't say of the cloth. <laughs> okay. I said of the Bible. Right, Someone yes. who knows the word better than I. Um, would you think that this might be alluding to the fact that some people interpret the Bible? In a more literal sense, that there are situations, yes, where you, there are certain you know passages all over the place where you have to you have to do some interpretation and you know figure out what it what it uh, what what's being said, who it's being said to, and sometimes you know the context in which it is said you know means a certain thing, and 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 knowing something of the times, knowing something of the people that to whom it was said. Um, and, and then taking it in its larger context and with everything else that the Bible has, yes, there's, there's some interpretation needs to go on. And I think what we're seeing here is Lyle taking one picture and saying, that's what this means, because that's what he wants. He is, he's bringing too much of himself into the interpretation of the drawing. What he wants to happen. Yes, exactly. What and his so, own beliefs are. But instead yeah. of taking it in the context of all of the paintings and all of the events that are happening, what is this particular... Because, I mean, these aren't photographic, re- photographically realistic paintings. There's a, right. you know, a couple of people with you know, stick arms and stuff like that. So, right. uh, yeah, so he's, he's bringing a whole bunch of his own, um, his own uh, uh, desires and, and wants into his quote unquote interpretation. Right. So, so yeah. Like, uh, I'll, I'll get into something that's probably too far into detail, but when it says, you know, in the Bible that you shouldn't eat pork, say, for example, um, that was mostly because you could get diseases from eating pork back then. But now that we can cure it and things like that, it's a whole different story. The, some of the some of the things said in the New Testament, there are scholars that go into all of this as well. There are some things that are said uh, to the Israelites at that time. They are for them. Some of them are civil law. Some of them are um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, ceremonial law. Mm-hmm. And some things are indeed, um, you know, moral law, overarching moral law. And there are. Different parts of the Bible it's, that 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 are that are set up for each of those kinds of uh, those kinds of uh, sayings and those kinds of those kinds of uh, those kinds of writings for the Israelites at the time. Mm-hmm. Some of it does apply. Yes, some of it does apply. Kind of in a, in a um, this is for everyone for all time, and some things are for Israel for that moment. And right. um, and I think yeah, like I said, there are plenty of biblical scholars who can. Go for go on that, but yeah, there are some times where people say, "Well, what it says this? Why aren't you doing that?" Well, there's more to it than just right. You know, a list and I'm of not saying that's don'ts. hard and fast, but mm-hmm. I'm saying that might be an interpretation of that is that they couldn't eat pork back then because it could kill them, 
-hmm. But now that we can cure it, it might not be (laughs) a sin to eat it anymore. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying that that might be kind of a, the point that they're trying to make there is that Lyle is interpreting it contextually is, you know, he wants it to be him. So therefore it is. Yeah. He's not using the context. Right. Indeed. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and speaking of faith, we uh, have a little head to head here, a little batting heads here with the, the woman of science, Rebecca, and the mm. woman of faith, Julia. And that's our lost <laughs> reference of the week. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I tell you, there are some, 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 uh, TV shows with great theme music, you know, you can sing along to them, and and Lost was not one of them. And no. Chester's Mill, I, I'm saying Chester's Mill Gazette, Under the Dome is not one of them either. No. <laughs> That's pretty much it, but, right? but But they really set that up, obviously, Rebecca and Julia being the the two sides of that equation. Yeah. And and as you said, there's that dome here, Rebecca. It's, it, it may be time to kind of... Break through a little of that sciency, you know, as as box. much as good as it has been for helping the people of Chester's Mill, and of course it was also helpful for her to come up with a swine flu thing. But you know, as as helpful as it has been, there is something else going on too. Maybe there mm-hmm. is science, but in the meantime, there are some other things that you really can't explain by science. Right. Yeah, I mean, the dome can be causing sciency things to happen. But there's a dome. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> any any sentence saying. that has the word dome in it is suspect. Right. There's <laughs> something else happening here. Mm-hmm. That's all. Now, so Rebecca it, needs to worry about that. Yeah, something to think about. Uh, I, it was interesting. Mel's hair started falling out. You know, it's and she starts bleeding from the mouth and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. is the egg powering not just the dome, but also powering her life. You know, the egg was there when she showed up in the same lake where the egg had been. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if, if if they were to take a, a solid chamber to the egg and bust it up, would she die? I mean, is that the source of her life at this point? That was just a little I'm guessing, out yeah. of my head. I, I'm not sure. Although I doubt you could break the egg. Any more than you could break the dome. True. Yeah. It wouldn't let you. If you came at it with a hammer, it would... Probably throw you across the room. Throw Yeah. More than it did Dodie. <laughs> Big time. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, throwing the egg into the lake is the thing that arose her from the water. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's funny that all the batteries were dead... In, in all those walkie-talkies, and at the same time, Melanie's battery was dead. Uh. And then they finally found one that was working when Dawn agreed to bring the egg back. And then Rebecca gives her a transfusion. Yeah. Weird, right? There is a... I'm, I'm sure there's an illustration there somewhere, but I have no it idea what it is. It just occurred to me that <laughs> when you said that, you know, that, that her she's powered by the powered, egg. Yes. She just keeps going and going and going until she doesn't. Blap, 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 (laughs) blap. That's my drum sound effect. It's horrible, but there it is. Um, Now, yeah, the the transfusion seemed to 
you know, to help her out. But was it the transfusion or was it the fact that the dome heard Barbie and his dad talking about getting the egg back? Or both. Or both. Yeah. I think science and faith. I think she needed blood because she had been bleeding. Mm -hmm. But I also think a lot of it was the dawn. Did you notice? Did you notice? You know, some of the blood was coming out of her mouth, right? Mm -hmm. I saw uh, Grace Victoria Cox, who was the actress. She tweeted a picture of herself after that scene. She said only about ten percent of that, you know, fake blood was in uh, that was in her mouth came out, and then at the end she had to, you know, spit it all out. She had a picture for doing that. You know, gross. It's probably corn syrup. Yeah, something like that. Blech. Red food coloring. And the the lima beans thing. You wrote that down. Now, I have I no idea in, what else to say about it, except that I, know, I didn't know it can do, you know, lima beans I are amazing. I didn't look it up. Lima beans are not amazing. <laughs> I must refute that comment. I love vegetables, but lima beans are terrible. They taste like paste. <laughs> um, or fluff, cotton. Yeah, I eat asparagus. I eat um, those little cabbage heads. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Brussels sprouts. What I is love wrong them. Wrong with you, girl. Oh uh, man. Well, no, they're good. But lima beans are terrible, and I don't like cauliflower either. I think that tastes like grass. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> and when's the last time you ate grass? <laughs> I've had grass before. Okay. By mistake, <laughs> like when I face planted on a bike. Um. <laughs> So anyway, I have do blood types. Yeah, I've done blood types in high school where you you prick your finger with one of those lancets Mm -hmm. and you smear a little bit of your blood on a little piece of paper in like four little places. And each place was treated with something. And I don't know what it is, but and whichever one turns a certain color, that's your blood type. And then. Um, there's a line across the thing and the top part is positive and the bottom part's negative. And so one color is stronger than the other. At least that's how we did it back in the golden days when there were horses and carriages <laughs> when I was in high school. And uh, so I don't know if that has anything to do with lima beans, but that was like there were cases of those little things when I was in high school. So, do they not do that in high school anymore in biology? It's been a long time since I was in high school, so I really couldn't tell you. I have four kids that went through it, and I don't remember. Actually, I got one in biology now. I'll ask him tomorrow. Yeah, because that was like a a tiny experiment that we did that mm-hmm. wasn't a big deal. That, like, you know, we talked about blood typing and how blood types worked and how it things like that. Um led into the conversation about genes and how you know there were dominant and recessive genes and how you got blue eyes or brown eyes or curly hair or straight hair or red hair or you know all that stuff so that was a you know a big part of biology (laughs) so i wondered you know why didn't they have those little blood type things there just lying around in the biology lab yeah exactly Why did they have to go find lima beans in Andrea's house? That's she apparently sweet. likes them. I guess. A lot and of them. Apparently, they only needed one lima bean <laughs> <laughs> because it was Rebecca. But a boom. And she did it. And she was very, very helpful in that case, too. I mean, she's really redeemed herself as a character here. I guess, and the, when she's not arguing about <laughs> things that don't matter because there's a dome. <laughs> 
It's um, not all about science. And, well, and but. speaking of of the of talking to the dome, Julie does go out to the dome and speak to it, I suppose. Speak to whoever the dome masters are. Yeah. And offers herself in place of, you know, saving, trying to save everybody else. Right. She's, and this is this is another um, bit of confusion here. Right. She is, you know, her idea at the beginning of this season was the dome wants us to stop the killing. Right. So she offers to give herself up in place of the others, and the dome starts shrinking again. Yep. I I didn't quite. Now, maybe did she think that was taking her, or uh, was it threatening know. to take all of them, or what? Maybe maybe off, maybe it doesn't want anybody to be offered up, but people are dying anyway because of this. Right. You know. So I. I'm, and there was I'm no so mention of the barometer thing, which I thought was a. Was going to be a clue. Yeah, from yeah, last yeah. That week's. was a great uh, little uh, thing last week about how the air pressure would be getting higher because the dome is drinking. Yeah. Right. Now, is that going to be brought up next week? Who knows? Or was that just a throwaway thing? And then the whole part about Julia offering herself up to the dome, is that a throwaway thing as well? Or is that going to be something that's brought up next week? I don't know. I'm trying. I'm kind of. I'm kind of hoping that this is a, the dome's way of saying, I don't want anyone to die. Except okay. that the dome has been responsible for a number of people dying. Well, so they, I'm not... they should have told us that if that was the deal. That's all. Well, but <laughs> you know? but nobody's figured that out yet. I mean, it was just Julie talking to the dome. She offers. Right. The dome says. <sighs> so, so that's I'm just, just my. I'm just worried that these are that's dangling just... threads. Oh, yeah. That are never going to be tied anywhere. This is just my interpretation out of context. No, I, <laughs> I, think, it's a, I think it's a good interpretation. I just think that. Okay, and audience, please don't take this the wrong way. But I think that you and I are we're part of the audience that watches this with Hawkeyes. You know, because we do a podcast. Yeah. But people out there don't. <laughs> you know? There are people out there that don't watch it like us. And our listeners. They're there, yeah. It's for for a little bit of, you know, an hour of fun on Monday night. Yeah. Right. And they're not going to get that sort of reference. They're just going to see her going out there and go, okay, what was that about? Yeah, yeah. And it's just going to be irritating to them. Well, here's hoping next week gives us some of that, yeah. Yeah, let's hope. Well, Big Jim and Pauline, this is where we uh, catch up with them again. They're in, they're in the uh, painting room, the, the shed or wherever the place was that Pauline would do her thing. Yeah. And... He kind of, like you said, he kind of gets her uh, started again. He forgives her uh, for why is he forgiving her? Part of it, she'd, yeah. she'd been forgiving him, but I know. But he did kind of admit, yeah, I screwed up. I I didn't understand. I didn't recognize your gifts. Yes, and, but I, I think right now he's like, I I'm trying to you know jumpstart the gift here, so I'll say whatever it takes mm-hmm. to get that gift cranking. And but it does, it gets cranking. Right. And she draws and, that wonderful eight-handed thing. And you notice the thing he expected was, you know, tell us how to get out of the dome. And when that wasn't it, he had to kind of shift his his gears a little bit to, well, whatever you painted, let's work from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a so, little. He's he's a little. Um, he's he's he's. What's the word I'm looking for? He's not thrilled. No, he had a plan, and that's yeah. what he wanted her to paint. Yep, but that he wasn't really sure. And then possibly 
this does actually get him what he wants, a way out. Right. He didn't but he doesn't see it, it. No, that way no. at first. Yeah. But then the paint is dropping blood-like stuff off of it. Uh, and a little foreshadowing there. Gross. <laughs> Although it, it did definitely look exactly like blood. Yeah. It, or at least it did the stuff, not look like paint. At least the stuff that came out of Grace Victoria Cox's mouth. Anyway. <laughs> Actually, that didn't look so much like blood. <laughs> but the stuff on the painting did. <laughs> so, so Mel gets sick again right after, or pretty soon right after the transfusion. And I think that Rebecca was kind of, at this point, after having been so science, 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 has her beliefs being challenged a bit. Yep. Um. And Sam is suggesting to her not to give up. Was it Sam or was it Julia? Don't give up. Both. But just let go, you know, just. Well, and I think part of that was when they went to get the lima beans and Sam told her about Melanie. And she realizes, well, okay, so Melanie is a girl that died 20 years ago. And she has risen from the dead and she hasn't aged. And okay, this is weirder than I thought. You remember besides, that scene? Besides, yes. Besides the dome, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He gives her the uh, the backstory, and that, yeah. And I think that kind of put in her head. Okay, there might be some other stuff at work here. So they take uh, Melanie and go back to the crater because they believe the painting has to do with. This all kind of comes together at the center of the dome where the crater was and the egg was and all that stuff. So they bring her on out there on the stretcher. And they do the laying on of hands. Yep. We're going to do a little faith healing here. Be healed. Yes. <laughs> Nothing on the head, though, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, you know, so, so they're missing Angie. And this is where the science-y thing comes back to. We're talking about quantum mechanics. It's kind of meld from the past and the present so she can be both hands. Yeah. And that was an interesting way of doing that. Uh, it yeah. kind, of, yeah, kind of, okay, she's back from the past. Let's work with that. So she's letting go of the fact that I can't imagine how someone comes back from the past. And she's working with it, Rebecca yeah. is, and saying, okay, right. well, maybe she can be two hands because she's in the past and from the present. That was a good idea. Right. Yeah. It was a thin premise, but it worked. But, but the faith healing works. They sure. lay on the eight hands and she recovers. And then all of a sudden, little tornado action. And Down, we get ourselves a big old hole in the ground. Uh, a perfectly shaped circle. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> and we leave a hole there and, another, you know, could this be another portal? But Lyle, who, by the way, was incredibly sharply dressed on the way to this uh, middle of the forest. He looked pretty good, except yes. for no combing of the hair from well, the barber. that's him. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. The barber, yes. You'd think the barber would be the best groomed man in town. But you'd be wrong. He, his hair was never combed. And he was the barber. <laughs> okay, sorry. But, but he decides he is going to make that picture come true. Well, and first, uh, Pauline runs off because she doesn't know that healing Melanie is going to force her to get sucked down that hole. Mm -hmm. That that prophecy that she had... Plug, plug for my other podcast. <laughs> the prophecy that she had um, when she came up out of the lake was that Melanie disappeared when they were down, you know, on that spot. It was down in the hole, but now that it's filled in, it's on top of the ground. Um, 
but she disappeared and she didn't understand that that was going to mean she was going to go in that swirly smoke monster thing. Um, so of course she's pained that saving Melanie also means that she disappears and she turns and runs away and big Jim goes to comfort her. And that's when Lyle takes his opportunity to shank Mm. Pauline. And, uh, you know, Jim is understandably upset. And again, with the blood in the mouth. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ouch. Yeah. And uh, gross. Yeah. And they. And so he takes out, I'm pretty sure he takes out Lyle. But, oh, uh, yes. But Pauline, I thought perhaps she was, she was dead too. But as you pointed out, she's still speaking, still breathing at the end of the episode. Yep. But Big Jim is not happy. No. And he's and- looking up at the dome. Yes, he's very, very upset. And before the hour is up, and I know there are some very staunch, absolutely no spoiler people, but there is a little watch what's coming up on next week sort of thing. Um, One of them is not dead Hmm. in the little thing at the end. And it's not, not Lyle. Ah, <laughs> but so. we're not telling you who it is. Okay. Right. <laughs> and then you do a closing song. <laughs> kind of move right along before we, you know, accidentally give this away. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't want to give that away at all. The the closing song was indeed uh, Turn, Turn, Turn. It was a cover uh, by What the Birds Did by, and Beautiful. why don't you pronounce that because I'm not sure I'll myself. try. I am not sure either, but I think it's Sarah Nemitz, Nemitz, something like that. And it was arranged by Snuffy Walden. Um, he's very famous, actually. Um, but I tweeted both of them on Twitter, and they both either retweeted or replied to me. So lovely. Very cool. And um, the, sh- the link will be, I think the link will be on our Yep, the link will be post. in the show notes, absolutely. And also, um, we tweeted it, the, the YouTube video of the song. Um, it's on my timeline and it's also on the Chester's Mill Gazette timeline. Um, it's beautiful. They did such a great version of it. Uh, immediately when the show was over, I looked it up and it took a little bit of digging to find it. I had hmm. to look through YouTube and it was a page or so in, um, when I saw her name, you know, I was looking for a female kind of folksy, uh, singer doing a version of it. Uh, I saw her name and then I saw CBS down in the description and I immediately clicked on it and that happened to be it. So I clicked on it and then I, I sent out the tweet afterwards and, and, uh, and got replies back and retweets and it was, it was nice to find it. So I, I'm glad to pass that along to you guys and, uh, just a beautiful, beautiful cover of it. Alrighty. Well, we have to go from the wonderful to the, not so wonderful. We have to say goodbye to a few people. Now, the first person I heard die in this was the hardware store guy who was crushed in his car by what was by the dome being shrunk. And I wasn't quite exactly sure how that happened because the dome may have shrunk maybe, I don't know, 10 feet. Okay, but he might have been in his car, and then it was crushed up against something, like a pole or a house Yeah, right or a wall. very close to where the dome had originally been, I guess. Right. Or he was in his garage, uh, well, and it, it crushed be. his garage. Anyway, we're, we're sorry to see him go, whoever he was. Whatever. 
And, of course, we need to say goodbye to Lyle Chumley. Most likely. Yes, we're not going to have any more wonderful singing from him. His his head is not separated from his body. <laughs> so, I suppose he is dead. Potentially. And I we, just suppose. We have a missing persons report on... No, wait, wait, wait. You're going to put... I know. I just saw you take it away from, I, yeah, I, from the I document. Yeah, I don't think... Potentially, Pauline Rennie may be out of the picture. She's on the critically... She's Danger on the critical list, yes, list. indeedy. Yeah, so let's let's put a question mark next to her. All right, question mark next, we'll put that back in the notes. Okay. Okay. And in the missing persons report, we have Melanie Cross, who has just kind of disappeared down a hole. Yep. And we're hoping we'll see her again, maybe in Zenith. Yep. Who knows? We need to get the rescue people out to get her from the well. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Save her from falling down in the well. It's bad. No, I think we'll get Lassie. Lassie, what's wrong? She was down a well. Oh, my Where, goodness. Where'd she go, girl? <laughs> okay, we need to get to our letters to the editor here. We've got a lot of them. I want to start out with a Barbie of the week I got from Barb. Can I call you Barbie? No, Barbie she's Barbie. Tangier14 no, Barbie. on Twitter, and she sa- she suggested... Blackmail Barbie threatens death to all unless Daddy Dearest brings egg. Exchangeable angry and desperate eyes included. <laughs> I think he's that G.I. Joe with the face that turns around oh, inside okay. the helmet. Like Two face or something. Yep, exactly. Or like Mr. Potato Head with the different kind of, you know, eyes and <laughs> exchangeable eyes. Yes, yeah, wonderful. I uh, used to turn the eyes upside down. <laughs> and then the lids were on the bottom and he looked really weird. That that yeah, that 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 makes sense. I can see you doing that. <laughs> Uh, I had, it was very interesting, I got an email at uh, at work from the social media coordinator, Kelly, at the company I work for. So she sent me an email, and uh, last week we had talked about the Prius that everybody was using, and we wondered if there was more than one, and was it Priuses or Priai? Well, uh, she said this, she uh, she sent me a link from toyotanews.com pressroom.toyota.com. The link will be in the show notes. But it is from 2011, and it goes like this. The Prius Goes Plural voting campaign was launched on January 10th at the North American International Auto Show in Detroit and challenged the public to help the automaker determine the plural nomenclature of Prius. The campaign coincided with the world premiere of the Toyota Prius family of vehicles. With 25% of the votes, Prii became the word not only endorsed by the public who chose it, but also is the term recognized by Toyota. As such, Dictionary.com has updated its entry for the word Prius to reflect this. So there you are, folks. It's officially Prii and has been so for like, oh, three years now. Nice. So Kelly listens to us, huh? She does. That's nice. I'm Hi, trying Kelly. To get, I'm trying to get a podcast going for our company, so we'll see how that's working out. Nice. It's nice that she listens. That's very cool. Wonderful. And we got... Uh, was this an email from Kendra? I believe so. Okay, cool. She and this to, is Kendra. She went to the goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback page and typed in her entry. Typey types. And I used the words typey types twice <laughs> on the uh, witness prophecies last night. So I apologize. This is the most irritating thing. I've got to stop saying it. Um, so it's a text that she sent us. And Kendra is our listener who lives in the real quote-unquote, Chester's Mill. 
And she says, good evening. It's Dome Central. I am sorry that I missed last week's issue, but I have not been around at all. I've been out camping. Ooh, that's scary. Hmm. And did not have any internet connection. So I still have not had a chance to read your Black Ice edition. Tomorrow I will listen, though. I'll also give you some Bridgeton to Chester's Mill comparisons. Anyhow, just finished watching tonight's episode. Wow, totally insane. Initial thoughts? Is anyone else totally creeped out by Melanie and James's relationship? Um, yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, he is falling for a dead girl that is uncle dated. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that break some kind of weird family codes? And, and a bro code, I'm assuming, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Does Sam even care about her? And is he creeped out by watching what's happening between his dead girlfriend and his nephew? <laughs> Holy killings tonight. <laughs> I was wondering when we were going to get another death, as and, we have not had and, much Excuse lately. me, and, and literally holy killings, if you think yes. from Lyle's perspective. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I agree. Other than Phil. So now Lyle is dead. Pauline is on her deathbed. And Melanie is missing. Looks like Big Jim is going on a killing spree next week to help keep his wife alive. Spoilers. I do feel bad for Big Jim. It is obvious that he really does love his wife, and now he is going to have to say goodbye to her again if she does not live. Spoilers. I also wonder how Barbie's dad is able to touch the egg. That's a good question. Yep. And again, I just think it's because that's what the egg wants. Yeah. Looking forward to hearing more from his dad. Can't wait to hear the next edition. All right. Thank you very much, Kendra. Now, we've got our... Was that an Elvis impression? Thank you. Thank you very much. Very nice. (laughs) I like it. Well, thank you. We've got Justina here. She's got a wonderful little report from Chester's Mill. Hi, this is Justina, investigative reporter from the Chester's Mill Gazette. Maybe Big Jim really was chosen by the dome. When he held Pauline's hand, she was able to paint a new image leading to the events surrounding Melanie and a possible solution to escaping the dome. Pauline believes that she owes penance for what happened to Melanie in 1988 and still feels guilty. So it's possible that she will see getting stabbed in the back as her retribution for the events of 1988. Also, Lyle is afraid that the whole world is going to be engulfed in fire. So he loves Pauline so much that I believe he may see his actions as saving her from the disasters that are coming by ending her life now so she doesn't have to suffer. There's some serious favoritism going on in this episode. When Barbie tells his dad that he needs the egg returned to the dome to stop its contractions, Barbie's dad tells him, Sorry, son, but there is nothing I can do. But after Barbie reveals that Melanie is alive and also trapped under the dome, Barbie's dad suddenly decides he can come up with a solution to this problem and he will go get the egg. Also, for the missing persons report this week, I think we should include Nori's mom, Carolyn. The dome is getting smaller and smaller, and yet we haven't seen her in a couple of weeks. I will continue to investigate this. Yeah, we haven't seen her in a while. I have a feeling um, we're going to have a whole bunch of people show up next week. Yes. 
that might show up in the spoiler section, I'm thinking. But yeah, Justina didn't, like I said, she had pointed out that uh, well, a little bit of favoritism going on. For yeah. you, son? Psh, nah, but Melanie? Oh, yeah, we'll get the egg, sure. Yeah, let me go. <laughs> Be right back, that. BRB. <laughs> really soon. All righty. Uh, Barb not only gave us a Barbie of the Week idea, but she wrote in, Hi, Karen and Doug. Hi, Barb. Hi, Barb. This is Barb, your political cartoon lampoonist, writing in from Chester's Mill, where the situation is stranger and the people are stranger. I'm sorry, let me try to the end. Where the situation is strange and the people are stranger. That's what she meant. Yep. Here are my observations this week. Rather than turn, I think the theme song for this week should have been Crazy. Crazy. I like that song. You do that better than I do. I'm crazy for being... That's too high for me, sorry. <laughs> Wrong register. Crazy because we have Junior, crazy over dead lake chick. Big Jim, crazy jealous over Lyle, who was so 25 years ago. And crazy Pauline and her blood-dripping canvas. Dr. Science was again impressive this week, determining dome shrinkage. Uh, that sounds obscene. <laughs> yeah. She says that, yeah. It was cold. <laughs> Last week. Determining <laughs> blood type using a lima beans. And donating blood. She's bloody brilliant and a bloody savior to boot. Tee her up as the next perfect dome sacrifice. Mm. Is that a prediction? Who knows? It's beautiful were the words that Melanie, a.k.a. Crazy Lake Chick, uttered before she sunk into the new portal abyss. It reminded me of the evil archaeologist from Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm. who said the same thing after he opened the Ark before the wrath of God wiped him off the earth. Yep. Interesting. And, then and also... and. I Again, I know you haven't seen Pulp Fiction, but when people looked into the glowy briefcase, which we don't know what's in it, they also said it's beautiful. And that, the speculation is that it's Marcellus Wallace's soul. So, Well, anyway, either way, let's see what she say. Crazy, bloody, and beautiful. There we are. Sounds like a rock band. <laughs> it does. Okay, That's, now. You know now, what? Claim it. Barb, Barb, I'm. You read David Barry, don't you? David Barry. David Barry. Yeah. He, he's a humor columnist. When yep. it would say when he'd come across a phrase like that and something he'd write, he just a little little side note, which would be a good name for a rock band. Yep. Anyway, I've met Dave Barry. Oh, think. really? He's a great, yes. Loved his loved his columns. He's very cool. And speaking of rock, the dome has chiseled chiseled through the core to provide a new portal that leads to who knows where. Maybe it will go straight to the heart of an alien spaceship and get us out of here. I can only hope. Turn, turn, turn. To every season. Turn, turn, turn. To every that, spaceship. That was my. <laughs> to every <laughs> to every planet. Turn, turn, turn. Speaking of getting out of here, your freelance reporter may be MIA next week. Oh, my goodness. No. What are you doing? But not dead. Well, that's good. As I'm going on assignment to research a mysterious island, hope I don't get too lost. So does that mean she's in Hawaii? I'm assuming she's in Hawaii where Daryl Darnell is going to be as well. Uh, at he the is. lost, uh, was it the 20th reunion? Something yeah. like that. And uh, so that's why, that's why he won't be on our uh, first, our season premiere Person of Interest podcast. And in his stead will be... <gasps> me! Yes! So many plugs for me this it's week. Amazing, yes. <laughs> Barb continues, thank you for all your work in this podcast, team. I can honestly say that if it wasn't for you guys, that portal would have slammed shut long ago. Look <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to hearing you both in the Sleepy Halloween POI GSM podcast for the season. Barb. Thank you, Barb. 
plug, plug, plug. Yes, lots of plugs here. I know. Very okay, nice. you've got something. Fr- now, do your best Australian no. accent. No, no, I had to apologize the last time I did that. <laughs> um, but I will say Corey from Australia and Triple Guest wrote us again this week. And he didn't give us an audio, but I'm sad. Um, but anyway, Corey from the local film and entertainment desk says yesterday, Chester's mill board gaming appreciation society held their annual game of clue. (laughs) All involved were quite surprised at the outcome for those who missed it. It was Reverend green with the dagger in the conservatory in the woods. (laughs) No one won. And this became a sticking point. For a certain local car salesman who emoted quietly. Yeah, it was. And I bet afterwards they retired to the local theater to watch Clue. All three endings. That's right. I I loved that movie. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I liked the ending where they all did it. Really, there was an ending. Yeah, there was one of those. Yeah, was it? Is this three endings? It was just three endings. Three, three, and then Michael McKeon turned out to be the the FBI agent at the end, and he took them all into custody. (laughs) I like that one. And finally, we have from Andrew R. He says, "I submit this to the Chester's Mill Gazette Lovelorn column." We we haven't had one. That's you know, advice to the Lovelorn. That was uh, you know, kind of a classic back in the day, I suppose. But anyway. Here's what he's he's got a little uh, classified for him, for himself. <laughs> Looking for a cute redhead that has amazing recovery powers. No kidding, Getting right? Getting on that leg. Please reprint in the Montreal Gazette. It turns out she is from my hometown. Well, more more than uh, more than obliged. Well, no problem there. Yep. He says, and he says merci, merci beaucoup, beaucoup. with nice. my best French accent. Andrew R. from Montreal. <laughs> Andrew R. Jackson. Is that what you're saying? He just said Andrew R. in his uh, in his text here. Nice. Well, uh, go ahead. You know, that was crazy because it looked like she wasn't limping sometimes, and then she was limping sometimes. Obviously, when she was out in the field talking to the dome. Yes, I saw that. But, um, yeah. But sometimes she wasn't. Pretty good. No crutches or anything. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> okay, folks. Well. I, I wonder about that. <laughs> Next week is our last. Well, this is the penultimate. Next week's the ultimate episode. Oh. Ooh. So you have sad. one more chance to get your feedback in by next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Phone number is 304-837-2278. That's 304-837-2278. I don't have a funny little word for it because oh. they're all so weird. But but you can call that if you don't mind, you know, long distance or if you have internet, you know, uh, nationwide roaming. Yep. Or you can do goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. You can type in your text there. You can upload an audio file, record it yourself with your own snazzy uh, audio equipment and upload it there. Or use the speak pipe widget and just use the speaker or the microphone, actually, and your own computer. It's now, great. there are only two E's in that feedback, right? Feedback. That's right. Yeah, but only two E's. I keep thinking of that that uh, plant from Little Shop of Horrors. Feed <laughs> me whenever I say feedback. Feed yes. me, Seymour. <laughs> On Twitter, we are at C Mill Gazette one Z two T's G S M C Mill Gazette G S M. I am at 
Doug Payton with P-A-Y-T-O-N. She's Alaveria at A-L-E-A-L-E-V-E-R-I-A. Something like that. And yep. we use the hashtag UTD Gazette. Uttered Gazette. I didn't, you know, might ever. It did. Under the Dome. And you can also become a fan of Golden Spiral Media on Facebook, and you will get notified if you put that uh, all those posts in your notifications. You'll get notified of anything that happens with the Chester's Mill. I'm with the Golden Spiral Media family of podcasts. We are a family. And I have a little story to share with you. All right. It's a, it's a tiny little story. Um, you know, I do other podcasts, and I recorded the first podcast for my castle thing last week, the um, ramp up to season seven. And I happened to mention that you were kind enough to do all of the feedback information for us when we do the feedback that you say it all, including my Twitter handle. <laughs> and in that podcast, Jesse, who is my co-host, says, I'm Jesse and I am blah and he gives us twitter handle and then he pauses for me to say my twitter handle and i said you know doug says all of our information for me and boy did i get a lot of crap for that (laughs) (laughs) really (laughs) yes he said well doug is the best isn't he (laughs) so just so you know (laughs) hello i'm doug baton the best (laughs) <laughs> Alrighty, we are we are up to the spot where we start giving you spoilers, spoilers. Uh-oh. Oh my so goodness! If you don't want to hear it, and you've had it a little bit already, but you know nothing that you couldn't get out of next week on Under the Dome. No, but right now, oh, it's going to be serious. <laughs> we got some spoilerific stuff for you now. Hit it. Okay, turn back. All ye who do not want to get in here and see things that are going to happen. Or something. That was really clunky, but I meant to do that. I really <laughs> did. I was trying to be funny. Okay, so spoilers. Weather forecast for next week. A potential exit from the dome is revealed just as the lives of those trapped in Chester's Mill face imminent danger on the season finale of Under the Dome, Monday, September 22nd. Where's my thing? My little trumpet thing. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, oh, that one there. Huh? Thank you. Look, I was even in the right key. <laughs> You're good. Nice. Um, so the episode title next week is Go Now. And uh, the walls are going to begin closing in on those trapped in Chester's Mill on the season finale of Under the Dome, Monday, September 22nd, 10 p.m. Eastern on the CBS television network. And we're going to have Aisha Hines as Carolyn. So, so there was a question. Somebody thought, or it was Justine who thought that uh, we needed a missing persons report on Carolyn. She'll be back. Yep. She is going to return. In fact, she is front and center in the main promo picture. In an um, Umbra t-shirt where it is dyed several different colors in a gradient. It's very pretty, actually, but... I've never seen a T-shirt on her. Um, that has nothing to do with anything. I just noticed and it looked out of place on her, but it's very pretty. Um, and, of course, the second person on the list is Sherry Stringfield back as Pauline. 
So not a shock there that she will be back. Uh, Grace Victoria Cox as Melanie. So she shows up. She just was dragged somewhere. Unless it's a flashback. Oh, could be. Could be. And Dale Raul as Andrea. So she's back. With her lima boarding ways. Yes. Uh, guest cast. Esses Tarver as Tom Tilden, the farmer. Uh, Bryant Prince as Aiden Tilden. The farmer's son. So who son. is that? His son? Okay. My guess. Eugene Russell as a townsperson. He must have some important role next week, but not enough to give a name. <laughs> and Max Eric as Hunter. It will be written by Caitlin Parrish and Catherine Humphreys and directed by Jack Bender yet again. Kiss my shiny metal ass, as we continue to say. There he is. And we also have a link in our blog notes. Um, it It's a cute little way that CBS has set up their gallery to show the promo pics for the finale where it has a little, it's not really a super hint or anything to the episode, but it has a, a little caption under each photo and it's supposed to be a little hint to the episode under each one. It's a gallery with promo pics and then each one has a caption and it's supposed to give you insight into the finale. And if you would like to scroll through the promo pics and see things that will be occurring in the finale, you may do so. I don't think it's super spoilery. No, no, I looked at them all and it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah, but they're it's cute, not, but it's yeah. not really, so you said not really super spoilery. You see who's in it and a few other, you know, you know, Dale with a uh, uh, Barbie with this shocked look in his face, and Nora yeah. with a shocked look in her face, and yeah, <laughs> everyone's got a shocked Hunter look with on a her. shocked look in his face. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all it is, really. And the thing that I must note about those pictures is, you can definitely tell they were taken with a flash, because in the show when they record it and they're in the caverns it's and all very we're in the dark. spoiler section, yeah. it's very dark. In the pictures, they look really fake like land of the lost fake <laughs> if you guys know that saturday morning oh yeah live action show that was the fakest set ever not ever but you know what i mean it was pretty fake <laughs> um and these pictures look really bad they have like this really horrible looking uh, purpley vein running through that looks like um, those Christmas lights that come in the plastic tubing. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and they're very molded plastic looking walls. It's just, it's a terrible looking set when there's a flash bulb going off. So I, I cannot speak to how good the pictures look when they're well lit, but they look much better on the show. So now that I've pointed it out, you're going to see it it's all you're really see. well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you agree with me, right, Doug? That's yeah, I could see. I, I was wondering if they were going to really make that stand out maybe in the actual um, in the show, actually. But you have the little glowing. It, this is more than just the caves under the school. This is going to be something that the dome put together. And so it's I don't know, maybe that was meant or maybe like you said, maybe it's a flash. Yeah, I just I think it's better lit because it's a picture. Um, big, you know, they're carrying little lanterns and flashlights and stuff, so it's definitely dark. But in the picture, it's not. 
you can see details on their outfits and like their bracelets and stuff like that. You can see actually like tags that they're on stuff that they're wearing and, and things of that nature yeah, okay, in the okay. pictures. So I, I'm just, just be aware that, you know, it, it was distracting to me <laughs> to see how <laughs> terrible the caves look, but the pictures are, are nice to see who's there and who's not and things like that. So anyway, All right, then, well, you know what? We want to thank you for listening to this penultimate episode, this penultimate <laughs> issue. Are you are you in love with that word? Uh, we got to use it while we can. This, this is the only time we can. I know. Penultimate, penultimate, penultimate. The penultimate issue of the Chestersville Gazette for this season. <laughs> I'm Doug, and I'm getting rather peeved to the dome myself. I know, me too. And I'm Karen, hoping that the ground doesn't open up and grab me for yet another week. Chester's Mill Gazette is presented by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com.